The first round of transfer portal visitors came into Columbia this past weekend for South Carolina, and so far, there's been no public commitments. Should Gamecock fans be worried about this? You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepickscom college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. Okay, so we are officially one week into the undergraduate transfer portal cycle here in the month of December, and I believe that's going to carry all the way into January the 3rd this next month. But that means that this past weekend that Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks had an opportunity to host several key targets here in Columbia on official visits. And to this point, outside of one welcome home tweet that's been posted by Shane Beamer, there have been no public commitments made by any of these guys in this group. And so there are a lot of Gamecock fans that maybe are feeling a bit impatient. Maybe they're a bit concerned about that. And I would say that for the most part, you shouldn't be worried, but it is also fair to be a little bit concerned about the fact that there's been no public pledges made so far. I'm going to kind of break it down on both fronts here in the next few minutes. So let's start off with some of the reasons why you shouldn't be worried about the fact that there's been no public pledges made by these transfer portal targets so far for the Gamecocks. Let's look back to the 2023 offseason, this past December. That transfer portal window started on December the 5th. South Carolina, this past portal cycle, did not get any official commitments from anybody until December the 18th. That was 13 days after that transfer portal window had officially begun. So far, as I mentioned earlier, we're only one week into this cycle. So we're going to base this off of last year and how sort of those events went down. Admittedly, we probably should not expect a bunch of these guys to make their decisions until a few days down the road, maybe even going into the latter portion of this upcoming weekend. Another thing that I know Gamecock fans are worried about is the fact that Arkansas running back Rocket Sanders and Texas A&M defensive lineman LT Overton, the two biggest names by far out of the group that did arrive in Columbia this past weekend, neither of those guys have made a decision in favor of the Gamecocks. And that is to be expected based on what is happening nationally right now because so far, at the time of this recording, only 16 four-star transfer prospects per On3 Sports have actually announced a commitment to a specific school. And obviously, there's way more than 16 four-star and or five-star guys that are in the portal right now. So a lot of these guys of Rocket Sanders and LT Overton's caliber 
they're not making a very quick decision. At least as of right now, they're taking everything into account. And the other thing that I want to bring up here as a reason for why you should not be concerned is what Shane Beamer said in his Welcome Home post on X on Sunday afternoon. Because the thing is, Shane Beamer did not use his typical rhetoric that he sort of puts in there when he posts one of these Welcome Home tweets, or at least it used to be known as a tweet. At the end of that post, Shane Beamer said the following, quote, Got a good feeling we've got more coming from the guys here the last two days. The reason why I bring that up specifically is because Shane Beamer does not usually do this. As a matter of fact, I can't recall a single time where he's ever done something like this since he's been the head coach at South Carolina. Shane Beamer rarely ever foreshadows when he talks about recruits, when he talks about guys that could potentially come here, guys that are targets of his and his programs. But Shane Beamer, he also likes to say that, you know, he's not a guy that is going to try to mislead reporters and or the fans. He's not that kind of football coach. And so, taking his word for it, when he says something like this, in that kind of a post, for everybody to see and potentially bookmark if, you know, for whatever reason things go sideways and it doesn't pan out that way, I have to feel that this is a pretty big sign that Shane Beamer is very confident that South Carolina is going to get their share of guys out of the group that just came to Columbia over the past couple of days. So, if the head coach is optimistic, I would say that fans, for the most part, should be optimistic. Now, I also understand and acknowledge that there's also a couple of reasons for why maybe you should be concerned. And some people this past week, as a matter of fact, tried to accuse me of being a sunshine pumper on here, even though if you have listened or watched this show for long enough, uh, you would know good and well that is not the case. So, here are a couple of reasons to potentially be concerned. When looking back once again to this past offseason, when South Carolina was recruiting transfer portal targets this past December, six of the Gamecocks' seven portal acquisitions from the 2023 cycle committed coming off of the heels of their official visit to Columbia. And all of them were taking their first official visit as a transfer to South Carolina. Five of those guys committed on the Sunday exiting those official visits. The two guys that did not do that were Trey Knox and Joshua Simon. Now, acknowledging that, there is one final counterpoint to bring up here. And that is the fact that the guys that did wind up committing to South Carolina this past portal cycle, they were all in the portal for an average of 14.2 days. Essentially, exactly two weeks. So, you look at a lot of these guys that came to South Carolina this past weekend. Rocket Sanders, uh, North Carolina running back Elijah Griffin, Coastal Carolina wide receiver Jared Brown, LT Overton from Texas A&M, Jaden McGowan from Vanderbilt, Tyler Neville from Harvard. Outside of Tyler Neville, a lot of these guys literally entered the portal in the early portion of last week. So, using the timelines from last season, if that is any indication, 
The best advice that Gamecock fans can take right now is to be patient. And I understand that Gamecock fans right now are just scrounging for something positive on the football front. Because obviously, again, you end the season the way you do. You lose a couple big names to the portal. Only a couple, but still nonetheless, a couple decent contributors. And you want to see some guys buy into what Shane Beamer is still trying to accomplish here. Guys that would clearly make an instant impact should they come to South Carolina. But, as the old saying goes, good things come to those who wait. And I don't have anything solidified to give y'all right now in terms of, you know, what could happen with these guys. But, again, I think that you should still feel optimistic that most of these guys will wind up Gamecocks. You just got to give it a little bit more time before that takes place. Now, again, Shane Bieber did post one welcome home tweet or post this past weekend. And it seemed to kind of coincide with some predictions made by another big time website here on the Columbia Beat. And those predictions were for junior college defensive tackle Jerome Simons. So... What could Jerome Simons bring to South Carolina? Why would he be a significant get for the Gamecocks along the defensive line should he eventually make his commitment to the Gamecocks? We're going to dive into that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers and roof racks to exhaust kits and led headlights whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Now, out of all the visitors that South Carolina had in town this past weekend, not all of them were from the transfer portal. The Gamecocks also hosted a junior college prospect by the name of Jerome Simons. Jerome Simons currently plays at Highland Community College, I believe somewhere out in the Midwest, and he's rated as one of the better junior college prospects in the country. 24-7 Sports has him rated as a four-star prospect, and I believe the composite ranking has him slotted as the 15th best junior college prospect in the entire country. And the reason I bring his name up is because, one, he did visit South Carolina, but two, on Sunday, there were three 24-7 sports crystal ball predictions put in 
buythebigspurt.com, which is the 24-7 sports affiliate that covers South Carolina, and they all were for Jerome Simons. And also, Gamecock Digest recruiting insider Fisher Brewer, he also currently feels confident in the Gamecocks' position when it comes to Jerome Simons' recruitment. So, we're not going to talk about Jerome Simons, the player, right now because, again, as of this current moment, he is not a part of their 2024 recruiting class. But let's say Simons does wind up a Gamecock at the end of the day. Why would he be a good get? Well, there's a couple of different reasons. One, South Carolina, they need depth in the worst way on the defensive line, especially when it comes to guys that could be playing on the interior. I say it like that because, again, this defensive scheme right now, I would have to say, is in flux. We don't know what we're going to get yet out of South Carolina's defense this next year when it comes to a play-calling standpoint. Is it going to still be a 4-2-5 defense? Are they going to transition to a 3-3-5 defense? Are they going to do something even more drastic and maybe go to a 3-4 defense? We don't know quite yet. But... Because of that, because of those questions, South Carolina, they need more guys that can play along the interior defensive line. And as of right now, really truthfully, the only guys that they have along or in that position group that are proven are Alex Boogie Huntley, Nick Barrett, TJ Sanders, and Tonka Hemingway. And if you say South Carolina is going to be playing a 3-3-5 scheme next year, well, three of those guys are automatically going to be playing in the starting lineup. And then you have Nick Barrett as a backup, likely nose tackle right behind Alex Boogie Huntley. So you combine that with the fact that South Carolina has no 2024 defensive line commits right now, thanks to Kirby Smart in Georgia. You've got to get Jerome Simons purely because of your depth situation along that position group. The second reason why he would be a good get, and I kind of already referenced it, in my last point, but Simons is a nose tackle in terms of his size. According to 24-7 Sports, Simons is listed at six foot four and 333 pounds. There's your one tech right there. I should say your zero tech. Head up over the center. South Carolina, in terms of the size archetypes that they have along their defensive line, they've only got one defensive lineman that can handle that responsibility right now. And that is Nick Barrett. Now, Alex Booking Huntley does an admirable job of playing that nose tackle role when he is in the game as a 3-3-5 nose tackle. But if we're being honest, Bookie Huntley, he does not have the prerequisite size that you would usually like at that spot. And obviously, again, you know, injuries can happen. Unfortunately, they do happen. In South Carolina, you know, Gamecock fans would know from the last four, five, six years, there's always seemingly one position group that gets absolutely hammered with injuries throughout the entire season. So, for that reason, you need to have bodies there. And Jerome Simons, not only would he be another body, but he would be another nose tackle type that you could plug into the middle if some guys in front of him maybe go down. The last reason why he would be a good get is he's a South Carolina native. And I don't necessarily say that just because of his roots, because obviously, um, unfortunately, with the transfer portal and the way things are set up now, um, that does not matter quite as much as it used to. I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. But the reason I do bring that up is because a lot of these guys on the defensive line, especially these veterans, they're from the state of South Carolina. 
And so when it comes to something that is just as important, but doesn't get talked about as much in terms of getting to know the other players in the locker room, sort of integrating into that position group, Simons is not going to have any issue with that because he is from Bamberg. Alex Blakey Huntley is from Columbia. TJ Sanders is from Marion. Tonka Hemingway is from Conway. Elijah Davis, he's also from the state of South Carolina. So he's got a lot of guys who are going to be able to relate to him on a deeper level, culturally speaking, and how they were brought up compared to some of these other guys that are a part of that position group. And that doesn't mean that, you know, they can't relate at all to Jerome Simons, but to have guys that kind of fit a similar situation in terms of how they were brought up, that that can be very, very important when it comes to a guy like Simons, again, joining a new team, and therefore also having a whole new group of teammates that he's got to get to know better as soon as he gets to Columbia. That is if, of course, he commits. Don't know that yet, but as of this current moment, things do look good on that front. And so again, this is without going into his game. He would bring depth along the offensive line. He is a nose tackle type when it comes to his size. And he's from the state of South Carolina. So there would be automatic camaraderie. And I think that he would be able to form relationships and friendships very quickly with some of these veteran guys in this group. Now, we're going to take things back to the portal guys that were here in Columbia this past weekend. A couple moments as I rank some of the guys that I think would be the biggest gets for South Carolina should they commit to the Gamecocks at the end of their recruiting process. We'll go through that ranking in a little bit more detail in a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is really simple and easy to play. All you got to do is, first of all, sign up and join Prize Picks, and then you can select from two to six athletes from any team, any given sport. And what you have happen is they're given projected stat lines by the folks over at Prize Picks, and all you got to do is say whether or not they're going to go more than or less than their projected stat line for their upcoming game. Pretty simple, right? I'll give you an example. Monday Night Football is taking place later this evening between the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins. And I've got two picks for y'all for this game. I think that Titans quarterback Will Levis will throw for less than 210.5 passing yards and Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa will throw for more than 286.5 passing yards for Miami. In other words, I think it's going to be a dominating win for the Miami Dolphins. If you agree with my picks, or maybe you want to check out all the other athletes that you can pick, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, let's go through a ranking of who would be the best gets for South Carolina from this past weekend's group of transfer portal visitors. And to refresh y'all's memory real quick, here are the guys that were in town this past weekend. Arkansas running back Rocket Sanders, North Carolina running back Elijah Griffin, Coastal Carolina wide receiver Jared Brown, 
Texas A&M defensive lineman LT Overton, Vanderbilt wide receiver Jaden McGowan, Harvard tight end Tyler Neville, and Tennessee Tech defensive back Gerald Kilgore, the older brother of Jalon Kilgore. I'm going to go through these. Uh, I'm actually going to go over sort of a top four. I'm not going to rank all these guys, but I'm going to give you my four biggest gets, who I think would be the biggest gets for South Carolina should they wind up a Gamecock at the end of the day. Number one, and this one's probably an obvious one for the majority of you, I'm going to go with Rocket Sanders. A couple of different reasons here. One, running back right now is a position where obviously you've got to get somebody and you don't need to just get somebody. You've got to get someone that is a proven commodity. You've got to get someone that is experienced. you got to get someone that has started at the Power 5 or Group of 5 level and also played at a high level. And literally, Rocket Sanders, he checks off each and every one of these boxes and more. Rocket Sanders, look, I know he's not rated the best running back in the portal. I believe by either on three sports or 24-7 sports, I do believe that there's someone that's actually listed ahead of him. Um, I'm not buying that. Rocket Sanders, in my opinion, he is the best running back in the portal right now. If you got Rocket Sanders, um, I'm not going to say it makes you forget about Mario Anderson Jr. completely from last year, because again, I still think that he should be appreciated for what he did while he was here, Mario Anderson, that is, but it certainly, uh, lessens the hurt of that loss without a question. So Rocket Sanders would be number one in this ranking for me. Number two is LT Overton. Now, this one is not necessarily as much due to the need at the position. Now, obviously, you know, again, defensive line, look, you can never have too much talent on the defensive line. Defensive line, it is one of the most important positions on a football team, being in the trenches. You got to have depth there, especially in the SEC. But the main reason I put LT over to number two is the name cachet and the attention that that would bring to South Carolina's football program if you land a guy like him. LT Overton at one point was ranked the number one prospect in the 2023 recruiting cycle. He then reclassified to the 2022 class to be a part of Texas A&M's at the time historic recruiting class that finished number one and I believe was the highest rate class essentially in the modern recruiting era for college football. So it was a pretty big deal for the Aggies at the time when they got LT Overton. And because of that, he's actually, I believe, a year younger than most rising juniors are at this point in time in their college career. But again, you get a guy like LT Overton and you get a guy like him over a team like Alabama who did, I believe, get to see him for a little bit before he came to Columbia for a full-blown visit, that would catch a lot of people's attention. That would get a lot of eyeballs looking your way, and that would, in my opinion, get some other prospects who maybe have entered the portal or guys that are maybe thinking about entering the transfer portal to look at South Carolina and go, huh, if LT Overton is willing to go there, maybe I should give them a look. Sometimes that's how these things start. You literally get your foot in the door, they give you a chance to make your best pitch. And before you know it, you're right in the thick of things for them. That's how these things go sometimes. So getting someone like LT Overton, it could have that kind of impact should he be a Gamecock at the end of his recruitment. Now, this is where things get a little bit more tricky. You could go a couple different routes here. But for number three, I picked Coastal Carolina wide receiver Jared Brown. 
Jared Brown, if it weren't for Rocket Sanders and LT Overton, he would probably be getting a lot more talk, along with the fact that Vanderbilt wide receiver Jaden McGowan is a target for South Carolina, because McGowan, he's a South Carolina native. So, Brown has kind of flown under the radar in terms of this group of targets that South Carolina currently has on their board out of the transfer portal. But the thing is, Brown is by far the most accomplished wide receiver that is on their board right now because for his career at Coastal Carolina, Jared Brown caught 108 passes for 1,534 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. And here's the other thing. He's not just a threat when it comes to the passing game. He also is um, pretty viable in the run game as well. For his career, he has 35 carries for 439 rushing yards, which is 12.5 yards per carry, and two rushing touchdowns to boot. So Jared Brown is a dual-threat receiver. He can literally help you out in the passing game, but you can also utilize him in a couple unique ways in the run game. He's familiar with the state. He started at the group of five level, is a proven number one caliber guy. Now, is he going to be a number one caliber guy in the SEC? I'm not going to go that far just yet. I haven't even watched any of his game footage. But the numbers tell us that Jared Brown could come to South Carolina and he could at least hold his own. I would definitely be willing to say that he could probably be a wide receiver number two caliber guy in Columbia this upcoming season should they get him. So for that reason, I put him in number three because there's not many other wide receivers there, in my opinion, better than Jared Brown that South Carolina's going after at this current moment in time. And then number four, the last guy I'll talk about real quick, and I already actually mentioned his name, is Vanderbilt wide receiver Jaden McGowan. The reason I put McGowan here at number four is because McGowan, again, one wide receiver, in terms of just sheer numbers, the biggest need that you have currently on your roster. Secondly, McGowan, we've talked about this before already, but he is a versatile Swiss Army knife. You can literally use him in a variety of different roles. He can be your prototypical slot receiver, you know, your burner. Basically kind of be like an Amari Brown. You can put him on a streak route. You can put him on a post. He can take the top off of a secondary. But you can also utilize him maybe on some jet sweeps. You could just use him purely as a motion guy to try to help gauge sort of what the opposing team's coverages are, defensively speaking. He also is somebody that can be uh, quite potent in terms of the return game, especially on kickoff returns. So you get a guy like Jaden McGowan. The thing is, again, he might not quite have the numbers of maybe a Jared Brown, but he can still fulfill a variety of roles and basically kind of be like an Amarian Brown once again. It's almost like Amari Brown did not even leave in terms of the skill set that he would offer should he come to Columbia? And again, unless something crazy happens, I would expect Jay McGowan to be in Columbia because he's a South Carolina guy and the Gamecocks offered him very quickly once he entered the portal. So it's very clear that there's very heavy mutual interest here. So for those reasons, in terms of his skill set, I would put him at number four on my list. But he's the last guy I'm going to go over for this ranking. So number one, I got Rocket Sanders. Number two is LT Overton. Number three is Jared Brown from Coastal Carolina. And number four is Jaden McGowan. So what would your ranking be? Are you worried about the lack of public commitments that have been made so far from this group? And what are your thoughts on junior college defensive tackle Jerome Simmons and what he could bring to South Carolina's defensive line room? 
Let me know your thoughts on all those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a direct message on X at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.